just listen to these words of the story being told us from the history of Israel. Now, Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I may find favor. Naomi said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who is part of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. They answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please, let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting even for a moment. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty... Go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell down with her face to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you would take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds. May you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, May I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we continue looking at Ruth. And if there's one thing about Ruth, it's that Ruth is other. She's something else. In every way, different. In the days when the judges ruled, a foreigner becomes part of the Israelite story. She is called Ruth the Moabite. The people of Moab are not looked upon kindly within the Israelite story. They're not allowed to worship the God of Israel. Uh, Israelites are forbidden to help them in any way. I really appreciate Jeremy bringing up that text from Deuteronomy earlier. It says we're supposed to take care of the poor. And that is clearly at play in this book. But there's another bit of Deuteronomy that factors in. Moses says no Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord because they did not meet you with food and water on your journey out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, son of Beor, 
from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Yet the Lord your God refused to heed Balaam. The Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loved you. You shall never promote their welfare or their prosperity as long as you live. It's harsh stuff. The people of Moab and the people of Israel clearly don't get along. In fact, even the origin of the Moabites is riddled with scandal. Early on in Genesis, we find Abraham, and he is called by God to go somewhere, and he doesn't know where, and his nephew Lot is going to go with him. Eventually, their flocks get too big. They cannot occupy the same land, so Abraham says, you pick one side, I'll go to the other one. And Lot decides to go to Sodom, where there's a lot of pasture land that can support everything he has. And at the point when God decides to destroy Sodom, Abraham says, try to save the city, God, if there are just this many righteous people. But as it turns out, there aren't. And it's basically just Lot and his wife and daughters. And Lot and his daughters succeed in escaping They flee the city of Sodom to hide in the mountains. Out of fear that they would never meet another man, the daughters, and this is a good bedtime story, the daughters get Lot so drunk that they sleep with him to conceive children. And the older daughter eventually gives birth to a boy called Moab. He is the father of Ruth's people. His children would one day bribe a prophet to curse the people of Israel, but God himself prevents that prophet from speaking ill of them, and he blesses them instead. The Moabites and the Israelites are very distantly related, but at their heart, they are enemies. To the people of Israel, Ruth could not be more different, more distinct, more disgusting. And Ruth the Moabite finds herself in a place where she cannot truly belong, We find her the subject of a sad story where death and famine get the better of good people. Last week, Jake gave us a particular lens through which we can read this book. It's not about Boaz. This book isn't about romance. It's about loyalty. It's about kindness. It's about fidelity. Now, I'm generally against using Greek or Hebrew words in sermons because for me, it's an easy way to show off that I might know more than you. But I'm willing to make an exception. (laughs) This word is so important that I have to say it. The traditions of ancient rabbis tell us that this word is the point of the story. And the word they use to describe it is chesed. In a way, this word doesn't sound pretty. You have to make a throaty, gritty sound to even pronounce it correctly. It almost sounds like you're choking on it. And it, you know, we don't have that sound in English. It sounds like that that make German and Hebrew sound kind of harsh to us. We don't, we don't really use that sound. But chesed is the point of Ruth. Our first glimpse of chesed is Ruth in Naomi. Naomi's urging her daughters, return to the house of your mother's And she says, let the Lord make chesed with you, as you have done with the dead and with me. Now Orpah, the other daughter, she 
returns home with this blessing. But Ruth returns to Bethlehem with Naomi. Ruth refuses to leave. And by doing this, she shows her mother-in-law the kind of chesed that the Moabites do not deserve to receive according to the law of Moses. Naomi gives Ruth a home, a place to belong in a time when her people receive nothing but hatred from the people of Israel. She shows Ruth chesed. And Ruth's new home is only possibly home because of the kindness, the loyalty, the fidelity, the chesed of Naomi. And eventually, someone else takes notice of Ruth's chesed, her loyalty, her kindness. We get in our text today our first portrait of Boaz. He's a relative of Naomi's husband. He is a man of strength. He's rich. He's a landowner. He invokes the name of the Lord to bless his field workers. And frankly, we don't get a whole lot in that first glimpse But the text is going to take great care to describe him through his speech and his actions. Boaz asks the servant in charge of the workers, who is this young woman? Young woman. It's an average sort of term. It's like whenever you, uh, you know, go to church or small group and you don't know someone's name, you're like, hey man, what's up dude? There's no connection there. That's what people like me have to do when we forget names. Young woman, it's, it's average. There's, there's some sort of distance there. There's no relationship. There's no obligation. And the servant go on, goes on to describe her. She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. The first thing anyone says about her is that she's a foreigner. And she's something of a refugee. She does not belong. She should not be here, but here she is. The servant goes on and tells Boaz that Ruth asked to glean here. And according to the law of Moses, it's her right. She is poor, she's a widow, she's a foreigner. All three of those give her the right to follow behind and to get some grain, to go make some bread so that she and her family don't starve. She has that right. She has the right to gather behind the reapers. And then he tells Boaz she has been on her feet since early this morning and hasn't stopped yet. Now, Hebrew narratives, they rarely give us anything like a glimpse into things like tone of voice. They'll give us just enough to keep the story going. Like, storytelling now, we want as much detail as possible. We want to know, and, you know, she said angrily. We don't get that here. So a lot of that ends up being left to our imagination. So I don't know what the voice of the servant sounds like. Is there contempt in his voice when he says where she's from? She's a Moabite. Could it be confusion, wondering how she even got past Border Patrol? Could it be pity as he recounts to Boaz the dreadful things that happened to her and her family? How all their husbands died and they were left with nothing but a trip to their respective homes? When we get to the servant's final words, however, I imagine he sounds impressed, maybe even impressed against his will. She had been on her feet all day without resting for even a moment. She could be a modern-day teacher. 
She hasn't stopped yet. This seems to be a woman of great work ethic, of character, and she's from Moab? How can this be? But here's Boaz, and he takes notice of her character instead of her lineage, and he blesses the chesed Ruth has shown Naomi by returning home with her and by coming out to gather grain as a poor person, a widow, a foreigner. And as Boaz takes notice of her character, we begin to see a progression in their relationship. He shifts very quickly from that distancing term, young woman, to something very personal. He calls her the same thing Naomi calls her when she asks for permission to go glean. Naomi says, go, my daughter. And Boaz calls her, my daughter. He addresses her with this term of endearment, of closeness, of family. He calls her daughter. Boaz tells her, stay in my fields. And he gives her more and more freedom. Don't go somewhere else. My young men will not bother you. If you get thirsty, go drink from the water they have drawn from the well. And then she asks the burning question that I'm sure is on everyone's mind. The question that no one dares to ask, but she asks it anyway. Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, a foreigner? And Boaz will continue to lavish his kindness upon her, covering her with privilege and with chesed. He invites her to a meal, and he has his servants pick out extra grain for her to take home. So she gleans until evening, and she takes home her winnings, and this surprises Naomi. All because Boaz noticed her character and learned of her chesed, her loyalty, her faithfulness. Then as Naomi sees Ruth, Naomi offers a blessing upon someone she hasn't even met reminding us that God's chesed has not abandoned the living or the dead. She attributes the kindness of Boaz to the chesed of God. And while chesed may not sound pretty, I believe it is one of the most beautiful words in the world. Because at this point, Ruth's story is our story. Naomi's story is is our story. Boaz's story is our story. This is like the most realistic book in the Bible. There are no miracles. Nothing really out of the ordinary happens. God doesn't say or do anything. We just have people treating other people with kindness. There's something I want to try out on you, something you can try out on your own time as well. There's an interesting way to try to read biblical stories, is to try to figure out which character you are. And since two-thirds of the Bible is stories, it's a pretty good way to read a lot of the Bible. It's like, if I'm reading this, where do I fit? And I think it's pretty simple. In a way, we're everyone in the story, and we are no one in the story. Every part of this story so far is very possible and every character could be me now or in the past or in the future. We could be Naomi, left alone and without support, who is crippled by her grief 
as she says, because the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. We could be Naomi, who stay, or we could be Ruth, who stays with the person who is crippled by that grief, who is basically going to get nothing in return but a lot of harsh glares from being in a country where she doesn't belong. We could be the person who is dependent on someone else's kindness and who is out there looking for a kind person in the hope that they genuinely exist. Or we could be Boaz, who takes notice of a foreigner with a truly terrible family history who sees someone in need and who acts on their behalf. Because we are not in short supply of foreigners in need here. Boaz must have known that God prohibited him from treating Moabites well. And he does it anyway. The question in how we treat foreigners is not, what could they do to hurt me? How could they damage my country Rather, the question becomes, how can I show them God's chesed? Maybe we are the ones in a position of power who can make a difference to someone else. But notice this about the story of Ruth. Every character so far, at least the ones who survived the first six verses, all the characters we see show chesed, kindness, loyalty, faithfulness. Naomi chooses to care for Ruth, even though God has treated Naomi harshly. Ruth chooses to cling to Naomi, who has left her with nothing but a trip to Bethlehem and harsh stares because she's from Moab. Boaz chooses to watch over Ruth, the foreigner, and he calls her my daughter, showing her chesed, despite her background. And if we can learn anything from Ruth, it's that no matter who you are, it is your responsibility. It is your duty. And it ought to be our joy to show chesed. It is upon your shoulders to show your family and your neighbor, the enemy and the foreigner, God's kindness. Because it doesn't matter which story in the character you are. You are responsible for showing God's chesed in the world. Whether it's the person across the street who looks just like you, or the person across the world from another country and another faith who looks like someone you may dislike or distrust. Moses told his people, never treat the Moabites well. But thank God Boaz didn't listen. Because if he had, we would not have such a magnificent woman in the lineage of Jesus. If this chapter teaches us anything, it's that sometimes we have to break the rules to do what's right. Sometimes the rules get in a way of showing chesed. The rules of my culture say I should stick to my own people with my own upbringing possibly my own kind of education, with my kind of outlook on life, maybe even within my kind of Christianity. The rules of my culture say that if someone offends me, I do not have to be in relationship with them. The rules say that loyalty to country is the highest good and that I need to look out for my country first. But God's chesed breaks all those rules. So I ask you now, Which of your rules must be broken? 
Where do you need to go to show chesed? Which relationships need to be restored so God's kindness can be showed in the world? These are your questions to answer. So go out and answer them. Show God's chesed in the world. Break the rules. Be the person in need or in power, but for God's sake and for the sake of God's kingdom, go and be kind, especially if the other person doesn't deserve it. Let us stand and sing.